They come back and then they feed the alpha female. If the puppies are grown up, they also feed the puppies with the lungs, the heart, soft meat. And then if the puppies, they keep on begging, what they do, they got the special toys. Welcome to Tusk Talks. I'm Bika Ranja and this is Tusk Talks, a podcast exploring the life stories and extraordinary experiences of Africa's most inspirational conservationists. This is episode one, A Life with Painted Dogs. Today I'm talking to Jealous Mpofu. Jealous is chief tracker at Painted Dog Conservation in Zimbabwe. His passion for painted dogs is truly infectious. You'll hear this throughout the episode. Described by his organization as a homegrown hero, Jealous has dedicated his working life to protecting the dogs in and around Huangai National Park. He monitors five packs with a combined territory of more than 3,000 square kilometers. For those of you in the UK, this is roughly the size of Cornwall. Driving out each morning, bright and early, ready to deploy his inherent bush skills and intimate knowledge of the dog's behavior, often staying in the bush until he sees them. I was inspired speaking to Jealous. He's someone who's really found his calling and his fondness for his dogs, as he calls them, is palpable. I think you're gonna love hearing from him. Here we go. So, Jealous, we were talking earlier about me never seeing wild dogs. So could you tell me when you first met your first wild dog or when you came across your first pack? Okay, myself, I joined the, the Painted Dog in uh, 1998. And uh, my first uh, dog I saw, it was in May during the denning season. The pig, they, you know, they used, they named the pig. So the pig was called Ice Boat, the alpha male and crescent. Pig's name is called Kansinga. It's our name. Kanzinga means frying, our local language. And this pig, when I saw them, you know, we we saw them just by the den. And the, the most excited, uh, I would say, because I was given a tea with my boys, uh, Peter and uh, Greg. They give me a big mug of uh, of uh, coffee. So I just like accepted the coffee and then I drink and drink and drink. And then they, they said, oh, let's go to the den. We want to see, uh, to monitor the pack and see what's going on on that den. So I, uh, myself, I st- we stayed about one hour, 30 minutes. So I was impressed with, you know, I wanted to go in to the toilet. And then they said, ah, don't worry, we want to see the dogs. They are almost there because this, the signal was ping, 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 you know, very heavily. <laughs> and then I saw the alpha male, I spot, he was going for the hunt. That was my first time. I was so excited and I was just like laughing, laughing, <laughs> you know, because I just stayed right at the edge of the park. I didn't see any, any wild dog. 
any painted dog. Yes. And I used to see hyenas, lions, leopard, but not wild dog. Wow. Would you say that was your most memorable or is there another memorable story about the dogs? Yeah, the, this is my memorable one. And uh, as I'm working now, we got another pig. I'm following five pigs. And then we got another pig we have been following for three years now. But they have a lot of challenges with the, in the communal land. Mm because they are being pushed by other pigs, so they are going right to the communal land and the farmers as well. Mm. So they are, uh, so far we have counted um, maybe each dog has been snared six to seven times. So lucky enough, because the pig is collared, so we always monitor them every morning, every afternoon. So if we see, the, we hear the signal is still same place. Uh, instead of driving in because the bush is so thick, we end up like walking in. I found the, the dogs just in a snare. And then we just call maybe the guy who died the dog, uh, come and dad the dog and we release the snare. Or sometimes what we do, we just cover the eyes, the, the head, and then we remove the snare. And so how do you track the dogs? The first thing I can tell you, uh, if I'm tracking, the, if I'm track, driving early in the morning, the most important thing, I put my radio receiver on, and then also when I'm during my driving, I'll be looking on the ground, looking for the spore. And uh, if I pick up the spore, I know roughly that the dog, there could be, if there's no signal, which means it's another pack, which means I'll try to drive around the roads because 90% they use the road. So I drive in the blocks until I find the dogs. Mm, mm. And when, you've, when you do find them, how does it feel, Jealous? Um, the first thing, I will be really exciting, but not really, really, really smiling a lot. What I do, I first check the numbers of dogs in the pack. And then I, if I see that every, every member is, is okay, then it's where I get more excited. Excellent, excellent. And and you track them you track them through the alpha dog who has a collar? Yeah, it depends. Uh, uh, truly speaking, when you are corralling the dogs, effect like a new pack, you first thing you need to check for the alpha female and the alpha male. Mm. Yeah. Especially when you are going towards the mating season. Because if we would that one of the one of the alpha. If something goes wrong, then you have disturbed that pig. Okay, okay, all right. So tell me something amazing about wild dogs. Tell our listeners something amazing about wild dogs that you wouldn't think that we would know. The wild dog, they are very different beasts. We cannot compare them with you know, hyenas, lions, but uh, I would tell you that the painted dogs they look after each other. If one dog is injured, they go, they're going for hunting. They leave one guy who is looking for the injured dog and cleaning the wound and monitoring the enemies, which is like lions, hyenas, mm. so that if they see the, the other hyenas, they say, just go into the in a hidden place. When they come back, they killed something. They what they do? They first feed the injured one first. Wow! 
Wow. And then they feed also, the guy was monitoring the injured dog. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's really, that yes. is amazing. That is really cool to know. So, so then are there any particular packs or dogs that you, you feel connected to? Like, is Iceboard still around? Unfortunately, Iceboard is not around because it has been it's a long time now. The lifespan of the dog is nine years to 11 years old. So Iceboard is gone long back. Okay. I got the Pindo Taylor, the ones what I'm talking about, they were, they were pushed from national parks to the communal land. So they used to take goats from the communal land and uh, we went to the place and then the people they told us that your dogs will shoot them, will kill them. Then we said, you guys, listen, these are endangered species. We need to talk about this. Mm. Yes. Then because myself, I know the local language a lot. So they can, I talk to them and then they end up understanding. I'd say to you guys, you need what you need to do. You need to wait until the denning season comes. Denning it doesn't den. You let us know. Then we'll monitor the pig, and the, we know that if the pig, the pups are two months old, we can capture the adults, and also we'll dig out the puppies. Mm. And for sure. Those people, they were, because they, are, they grew up just near the park, so they listened to us, what you're saying. We managed to capture the alpha male and the alpha female, mm. and mm. then with the seven puppies, they brought them to our rehabilitation center. And we managed to raise the puppies to an age of six months. And then what they did, they came all the way to mm. our the main offices and then they took the right road where they came from. It's about maybe 50-something kilometers. Five days' time, we had some messages that, oh, there are some dogs with puppies here and they are collared. So they came back home. Essentially, they came back home. Yes, because it's so safe to the place where they were. And it wasn't easy for them to get some uh, common diagastin bog and some, some goats. Amazing. <laughs> so very smart animals, very, very smart animals. They are. Yeah. So I look I look forward to coming to meet the alpha female called B. Yes, yes. Because I know you're going to name a dog after me. So I will come and I will see my wild dog. <laughs> yes. It'll be really brilliant. I'll be looking forward to see you. <laughs> excellent, Jealous. Excellent. Yes. So now, Jealous, tell me, I know your son is following in your footsteps. So... Can you tell us what that means to you and to the family? I'm very, very, very impressed to tell you the truth. I'm very impressed about my son. I can remember he was doing his grade uh, primary school just close by our place. Where, when he was going to school, he used to side the dogs. He first count the dogs and see how many dogs are collared, and then how many puppies, and there is there any snared dog. So I was just, I'm really happy with him. As far as I see, my son is going to be more advanced than me because he's got, myself, I didn't finish up my O-level, and himself, he did, he did the upper six, six, form six, and now he's doing his university. And he, 
I also, I'm t- I, I taught him lots of things and now he's doing the anti-poaching. Also, he's doing the media. He's going to communicate with the local people. If he's following my footstep, it would be really crude because our my intention is to look for the wildlife, nothing else. I don't want any job in the industry or what, what. But what I want, I want to keep this wildlife going so that the future children will see the animal, mm-hmm. not in the mm-hmm. pictures. Which brings me back to, you know, if we can go back to when you were a child growing up, in the areas that you grew up. Can you tell us how has it changed over time? You know, is is the environment that you worked in the same environment your son would work in? Myself, I grew up in the Wangan National Park and I was staying with my uncle. So anyway, it was a very lucky enough for me because I, I grew up going in the park looking for the animals and it was really easy for me to identify the animals in English, local languages, in scientific name because my uncle used to work in research. And my first job when I joined the, the national parks, I used to work with rhinos, black rhinos, to enjoy a lot because uh, we used to trek rhinos but sometimes I used to have a bit of difficulties, the rhinos and the hippos. They are almost like similar spores. But if you look at properly, the rhinos, they got three toes. The hippo got four toes. Different as well, the, fray, the, the spores of a rhino, the toes are more rounded. So the, I, told, I was taught by my friends the differences of spores and I was learning, I was very eager to, do, to learn about mm. all those mm. things. So has the park changed a lot from when you were a child to where it is today? Yeah, the, ch- the park has changed just uh, yeah a, a lot because uh, when I used to grow, when I grew up there, uh, we used to have lots of thick bushes. But now, as you know, maybe I wave that the elephants, the numbers of elephants have grown up a lot. So they've destroyed the habitat of the uh, the bush. So the, even the dens of the dogs as well in the park, it's a bit of a challenge because the dogs, they like to den where it's more thick. So they den in a really big place, where, in a thick bush mm-hmm. where there's no roads. Unless if you drive around, you pick up the spore and then you see where the spore coming from when during the denning season, you can just walk and see and find the den. Could you tell us a little bit more about about wild dogs and their personalities and, and their importance to the landscapes? Uh, they are really un- good animals. And also, the painted dogs, when they den, the alpha male and the alpha female, they are not the ones who are looking after the, the puppies. The whole pack, they work as a team. They go and hunt, they come back, and then they feed the alpha female. If the puppies are grown up, they also feed the puppies with the lungs, the heart, soft meat. And then if the puppies, they keep on begging, what they do, they got the special toys, the ears. If they kill the kudu, they bring the ears. They educate the ears to the puppies so that the puppies, they can, they will keep on playing with that, those ears and then they get tired. Amazing. 
Is it and is it just for the kudus or any or other? Any others? Any, any other, other herbivore? If they kill the stink bug, they bring even the skin. They bring the ears, so they do the same thing. It's sort of like toys. Wow, I'm I'm still stuck on the communal um, parenting uh, element of it. That social, very strong community behavior, yeah, community ties. And then, yes, and th- and that pack will stay like that for until yes. it kind of they will stay like disintegrates uh, by by nature or by virtue of nature. No, right? what what happens is that the uh, the they have puppies, the females and the males. The male, the female, they can stay for three years yes. with the pack with the pack. And then uh, some females they decide to leave the pack and look for other males somewhere because you know that they don't meet meet with their with the relatives yes so they move somewhere else and then that female and that male will start an, a whole new other pack the females all the females and the, they join up with maybe f- three f- three females move from this pack and then they join up with four males they join up and then the female they choose who's the best f- uh, alpha male. Wow. So it's, it's proper democracy. Yes, it is. It is a very, very proper democracy. I, yes. I love that. I love that. And then I know um, struggles between communities and the wild dogs where um, the wild dogs are, are hunting or, or predating their their livestock. So um, eating their cat, their goats or their cows or their their domestic livestock. So what are you and your team doing to um, address the the human wild dog conflict in your community? Oh, what a great question. Uh, what we do ourselves, we know... Uh, we know that we are awake right at the edge of the park and the, that's their area as well. What we do, we have some people who are doing the educate, we educate people, we need to educate people about wildlife. And then also when you are working with the animals, you need to share what you get. So what we do ourselves, like the bush camp, they go to the communal land, teach people about wildlife. If you look at an animal, you're not supposed to say it's a meat, but you're supposed to say this is U.S. dollars. So what they do, they go and see what's going on there in the communal land. If they've, there was lots of challenges in Zimbabwe, so you look at the, if they don't have a borehole, we always help or we help the school. That's the way how we help. We work with them. So you help each other. So you're in the schools educating the children about the importance of the wild dogs. You're in the communities talking to the communities about the importance of the wild dogs so that they can see the economic value to their livelihoods rather than just um, snaring them and eating them for food. Do I, what I know about the painted dogs, they move 
long distances. One dog, one pig can move 750 square kilometers. So people, they'll be targeting Kustinbak, Komondaika, Impala, Kudus. So the dogs, they are moving long distances. They end up going to the snake. But when they found that is a dog killed, they just remove their snake and leave the dog without touching it. Oh, wow. So, so the, so the, Work your educational work is having some some impact with people realizing okay the let's stop snaring yes. these animals and also it's very important for them because now people they were taking pay the dogs like uh, they were putting them in a bit category of like hyenas lions but the lions the dogs they don't do that even if they go to the community like like now they don't stay there. If you disturb them, they move away somewhere else. I didn't. I didn't know that they cover such big territory. That's that's they. They, they, do. they, they move fast. They're very fast movers. They move very fast. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, in fact, like they move uh, first light, they can move even twenty to thirty kilometers. Wow. In a, in the morning, one morning. Yeah. 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 So does that mean that their habitats are shrinking? Then, you know, because if they have such a big habitat, then, and, you know, human interference is is a common thing around the continent. Are we seeing their spaces dwindling? Yes. As I said before, that the habitat has been destroyed by elephants. So they used to use their habitat in the park and also less competition. But as far as you know, or you read newspapers, the numbers of lions, they've gone up a lot and hyenas. So the competition is so heavy in the park. So they end up going to the farms. That's why they get hammered by snakes. And and hence the importance of the education, which then can reduce and mitigate that conflict. Because once people know, then they're less likely to, to put out more snares and, and things like that. Yes, they used to do that. But now... I think we've been doing the cleaning, building the clinics. We've been uh, doing the gardens for nutrition to get vegetables, onions, tomatoes. And uh, now they put the, this, this imported dog's piece as imported animals, very imported animals to us. Because long back they used, they were not even reporting to us. But now, even if they see a jackals, they're just like, oh, ring, phone, your, your dogs are here. And then you go there. <laughs> <laughs> they define that as a jackal. So which means they are everybody's very engaged <laughs> with painted dogs. <laughs> Fantastic. That's good to hear, Jealous. So um is there any particular dogs or pack that you feel connected to and what does that bring into your heart, into your soul when you see those particular dogs? Got this pack of um pack of five. And um, it's called Impindo Telapek, and it's got three puppies. We started from three years ago up to now. We've been following, the, following, following, and we had lots of challenges with the snares. But now, what is amazing about our project, because everybody stand up, and then they, they said, we want to be volunteers. We got about... 200 and something volunteers who are looking for snares right now on the ground. Brilliant. Well done. Yay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yes. <laughs> so, which is a really good thing. Everybody stand up with his foot and say, okay, let's look for snares. And the, the project itself is is trying by level best, putting the signpost on the road, putting all the pamphlets everywhere. So everybody began talking dogs, dogs, dogs. So even people, they see cars passing. Oh, we saw your car. What's wrong with your car? It's going away. Is there any problem with the dogs? So everybody is focusing on dogs. That is so good to hear, Jealous. That is really encouraging and inspiring to hear. Yes. What advice would you give to young rangers or, or young young people around the continent in terms of um, the work that you do and what, what can the young Africans do to preserve, conserve and protect their natural and national heritage? Right. The first thing I can tell everybody is about being patient at work. Don't, if you are working, don't think about salaries, pay rise. You need to be focusing on what we are doing. You know, I can say I'm not a a church goer, but God gives the, the opportunity in last minutes. It's like me. No, I knew I, I even myself I didn't even know that I would be talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> and here we I, are. I was nothing. Yes, and even uh, but my my patient has paid a lot to me because uh, all my life has changed. I didn't have any relative went to America, Australia, what what. But my patient pays back. I still remember my boss. I when I joined my job in 1998, he said, "My friend, if you keep your work, one day I'll take you to England." Then I just like, oh my God, this guy is trying to, you know, to, to keep me at work. But uh, I talked to my wife. My wife said, no, you never know what to get in future. And then I was so patient enough. I worked for 10 years. And then my boss said, oh, do you have a passport? I said, no. Yeah. Then he said, oh, can you go and take the passport? And then I got the passport. 2008, I went to, to Europe. See, there you go. Patience. Patience. Yes, patience yes. pays. Yes, definitely yeah. jealous. <laughs> yes. You really are a testament to that resilience and to the patience and, and, and you know, fortitude of, of impact because I think that's, that's the most thing. You know, we forget our legacy in impact and yet that should really be the only thing that we think about is what legacy do we leave behind in the impact that we've created for our beautiful continent and for our brothers and sisters around the continent and around the world? So I think, um, you know, we can we can take a lot of learning lessons from you, Jealous, in, in patience and resilience. And um, as I said, we are here today because of that patience and that resilience. So congratulations again to you. With that, I, I, I would like you to leave our listeners with something inspirational, something that, that they can do to, to help you do your work better or 
to just make sure that the dogs are surviving and growing and and doing what they need to do. So what what words of inspiration would you like to leave us with? Okay, myself, I, I'm so good on groundwork, but on computer, I'm not so good. In fact, the technology, this new technology, I'm a bushman. I need to, people who are educated and I want them to work with me also to share the knowledge so that in future, we need to help this endangered species painted dog. Instead of uh, 200 dogs in the Wangan National Park, we want more than that. And I know the whole world is about 6,000 6, something. We need to have more than that. So please, let's stand up and do our job and help the poor guy like me. You know, I want everybody to stand up. In Europe, we can, people in Europe, they can help by donating some money to the project so that we can extend our researchers, uh, people who can educate people in the communal land. We can also bring the kids to the, 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 the people, the kids are right at the edge of the park. They should have to learn about animals a lot. Because if you don't educate people, the people, they won't understand why are we keeping this. Indeed, indeed. And, 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 and we need to drive towards getting the alpha male Beatrice so that I can come and see my namesake. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. And and if you find another alpha male, my husband is called Mohammed. Okay. So we can have the Beatrice Mohammed back. <laughs> yes, it'll be brilliant. You were supposed to tell me yesterday because I found a new pig. So I was going to, to name the pig after you. <laughs> 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 we can call him, we can call the pack Tusk, the Tusk Pack. Yes, no problem. Yes. We'll, I'll make, the I'll try, pack. I'll make my, my time to look for the pack. Then I'll, I'll excellent. let you know. Excellent, yes. excellent. Yes. Then we'll all have to come down and see our pack. Exactly, yes. exactly. <laughs> yes. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jealous, it was absolutely a joy and a treat speaking to you. And when I when I get to speak to to um, the winners, it it makes me realize not only how important our job is as judges, but it also inspires me to find more jealousies um, year after year after year, and to show young people, um, young conservationists across the continent that we we can do it. We are able, we are capable, and with the support of our partners like Tusk, we we can go so far. Yes. We can yes. go really far. No. And, and you are a perfect testament to that, Jealous. Perfect testament uh, okay. to that. Okay, we are really happy about that. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Tusk Talks, stories from Africa's conservation voices. You can find out more about Tusk's work, as well as the transcripts and summaries of all podcast episodes at tusk.org. And you can subscribe to Tusk Talks wherever you get your podcasts. Please share it with friends and leave a review. That's the best way to ensure the podcast reaches as many people as possible. Please let us know your thoughts, feedbacks and questions by joining in the conversation on social media with the hashtag 
Tusk Talks Podcast. Asante sana. Thanks again for listening. Stay tuned for a trailer of episode two of Tusk Talks. So my colleague was bitten yesterday by a snake. And unfortunately, you know, where he was bitten in the forest to bring him out to the, the neighboring village and then to the city took us more than 12 hours to get him, you know, um, assistance. But one thing that comforted me was that he was brought into a village that still lives close to nature. And I knew the local people who have something for this situation. <laughs>